0: to the second chapter of the book of 1 John. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm going to try to not preach long today. Um, I told you in Sunday school we'd, I'd stand here, you know, until my left leg wore out and then we'd go to the house. It wore out in Sunday school, and so. But I, I I do want to to bring something to you this morning, First John chapter two, and I I want to begin in verse number fifteen. Uh, this is a a very familiar passage of scripture, and, and uh, I I just I want to I want to bring a few remarks to you. This morning, in the form of a warning uh because we're we're living in the last days, and um uh, I'm not saying it's 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 everywhere. I know that there are are churches who are doing their dead level best to hold to the faith and to hold to to everything that God has given to the church. But, but the fact of the matter is, there is more and more of the world that's creeping into the church. Amen. I see it. Other people see it. And, and it's, it's not that the church is going down because the, the true church is not going down. Even in in churches where worldliness is creeping in, there are people in that church who are holding fast and doing everything that they know to do. But we, you and I, have to do everything that we know to do to keep worldliness out of us. And I'm going to tell you, the attack is on. It's on. The attack is on on and it's almost like satan has no restraints which i know he does from what paul writes in first thessalonians but i know he does but it's almost like that that he doesn't so let let me read so you can you can be seated verse number 15 john issues the warning love not the world neither the things that are in the world If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen. God bless you. you, you can be seated. I, I just want to use this as a title this morning, just coming, coming directly from, from Scripture. And it's simply, Love Not the World. And uh, this this warning from John uh, really comes right below the, the reason... Uh, that John gives this admonition and this warning to the church is is found really in verses eighteen through uh, twenty three, because John John then begins to talk about the coming of antichrists. That that is plural. Now he's not talking specifically of. Uh, uh, of the 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 Antichrist as we as we talk about that world ruler, but uh, but he even states that uh, even now there are many many Antichrist whereby we know that it is the last time, and so giving this information. Uh, here in the in these latter uh, or the middle part of this this chapter uh, is the reason that Paul warns the church against worldliness and to to maintain their separatedness from the world. Now, now here here's the thing: you, you can gauge your love of God by where your affections are. That's right. Amen. Where your affections lie. And so every once in a while it it would be good to uh you know to to check up you know on your yourself. Uh, After all, Paul did tell the church to to examine yourself. In other words he said check yourself out and he said to examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. And the idea I think that Paul is, is trying to portray when he uh, tells the church to examine themselves. is It is not, not from the fact that um, uh, we could be in the danger of backsliding even though that's true. But I think the tenor of what Paul is trying to to stress to the church is, you know that it, it, there there are things there are things sometimes that can seemingly creep up on us unawares, and then all of a sudden a snare has us and and so Paul says you need to to examine yourself, see whether you are in the faith and so. Uh, And so, again, John admonishes, and he tells us what not to love. And he said, it is the world that we are not to love. Now, let let me clarify something here. The the word world, as it is written or translated uh, in your King James Bible, has various meanings. Uh, and the meaning is determined by the context. There are times that you read this word world in Scripture, and, and it's talking about the planet. It's talking about the, 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 the dirt, the seas, the, the, the trees, and the, and, and the plants, and the grasses. And it's, it, it's talking about that part of God's creation. Then there are times that you read the word world and it's talking about the inhabited world. It's talking about humanity as a whole, the inhabitants of the world. And then there are times that the word world is defined as is this case, not as the the earth, not as the inhabitants of the earth, but in in this context, world is defined as uh, a, a system. It is a system of governance. It is a system of life or living that is hostile to God. It, it, it goes in a direction that is opposite from, what, from where God is and, and the will of God and the plan of God. So when John issues the warning and says, love not the world, he's not talking about the globe. All right, there's, there, there's beautiful things in, in the world. Have you noticed lately the, the, the colors of the trees, you know, changing because of the, the season of the year? And some leaves turn yellow, some are, are bright red, some are orange. And then there are certain types of conifers that uh, their needles, you know, turn a, a copper color. It's beautiful, beautiful this time of year. I mean, you could could not look at God's creation talking about the the, the created world and say that that's ugly or that that's bad. When when Moses wrote the book of Genesis and he recounts the, the, the story Of creation. You know, when God created this, then the writer said, and God saw that it was what? Good. Good. Exactly. God saw that it was good. And so we we can't look at this world and, and say that it's a bad creation. I know it rocks and reels because of the effects of sin, but... It's hard for me to drive down the road this time of year and, and and look at everything that's changing and not be in awe of the creative power and the literal genius that God is. Amen. So he's, So John is not talking about love not this created earth. When John said, love not the world, he's not talking about the inhabitants of the world. And and we know that he he can't be talking about the inhabitants because it would be contrary to, to what Scripture has already stated. John recorded the words of Jesus for God so loved The world. That context is not talking about the created world. It's talking about the world as made up of human beings. For God so loved the world that He gave. No, in this context, John is admonishing the church to not love that that system of governance and that way of life that and that that thought uh that is hostile to God that goes contrary to God and to the will of God that's what John is telling the church that we cannot we cannot love you cannot love that that way of life and that way of thinking and, and that way of governance that is hostile to God because, because that system, that life, that governance is always and has always been had a seductive influence which Christians should continually resist. See, instead of getting closer to the, the systems of the world. God's people should be getting closer to Him. And instead of turning our eyes to the things of of this world that are contrary to God, we need to be turning our eyes more towards Jesus Christ and and looking to Him as our hope and our help. Amen? It, It was John that recorded The words of Jesus again in this context in John chapter 15 and verses 18 and 19. He said, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Again, Jesus is not talking about the created planet. He's not talking about the inhabitants. He's talking about this system of governance and life that is contrary to God. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of this world. But I have chosen you out of that system. Out of that governance. Jesus said, I have chosen you out of all of that. Therefore, or for this reason, the world, that system, hates you. That's what John is telling us. That we cannot love. We cannot love this system. And we cannot love the things that make up this system. Amen. The world competes for the love Of God's people and one cannot love both it and the Father at the same time. Jesus has already been very emphatic when He said, You cannot serve two masters. Amen. You cannot. Look at that word, cannot. It means that it is entirely impossible. It is impossible, Jesus says, for you to love two two masters or serve two masters. He said you're either going to love the one and hate the other. Or you're going to hold to the one and despise the other, you cannot serve God and mammon. Amen. That mammon is not talking about money. It's talking about the system of this world. God, Jesus said, you cannot serve it and me at the same time. Because there's competition there. I'm trying to pull the people out from among this system. And everything that is hostile to me. And I'm trying to pull them to myself. But there's competition with this system that's pulling back. uh, And trying to hold the redeemed people of God in its hold. And John said, you can't love this world. Nor the things that are in the world. This world, listen to me. I'm not going to be real long. But this world has always competed for your soul. And here's the thing. It always will. So John said, you can't love the world. You can't love the things that are in the world. What things? What things is it talking about? When John said, neither the things that are in the world. Oh, well, could, we could name some things that God's people should not be involved in. But the fact of the matter is that there are things that are in the world that, that are not ungodly in and of themselves to partake or to participate in. Wholesome activities. There's no sin against that. Unless it becomes between you and God. And you start serving the activity and not serving God. There's nothing wrong with recreation. And that comes from two words. It means it it is recreate. Every once in a while, you need a break. Every once in a while, God's people need recreation. Because it recreates your mind. It recreates your spirit. It can recreate and refresh the physical body. Amen. So, so when John said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. He's not talking about wholesome things uh, in activities. Uh, but what John is trying to get across to the church uh, is this. Uh, because there is competition between God and the world. Uh, and God is trying to help you to come out from among the world world as he said in Corinth and be ye separate saith God amen God is pulling but the world is always competing for you it's looking for you and so what John uh, the idea that John is trying to get across to the church is that of separation God's people being separated separated From the world. Again, we're talking about a a system of governance and a way of life that is at odds with God's will. When when, when Paul told the church, you know, to come out from among the world, he's he's not calling the church to be isolationist. He's not calling the church. To, to not be involved with other people. How can you win people to God if you're not involved with them? If you're afraid to be around, now listen, listen, I, I hate to have to qualify, you know, but, but it, it, I, I don't believe it's a will of God for God's people to go to worldly places, you know, to to try to win people so to speak and use it as a guise of evangelism. I'm just saying, it's impossible for you to be taken out of the world. Even in in one of Jesus' prayers, He said, they prayed to the Father. I'm not asking you uh, to take them out of the world. Uh, Amen. It's the will of God right now for the church uh, to be in the world! We're in the world! But we're not of this world! The Bible says. So, John is not saying for you to be, or the church to become isolationist and never be around anybody else and all of this kind of stuff. Amen? Because again, the words of Jesus to the Father, He said, "Because you, uh, I'm not." Jesus said something to the effect, and I may not quote it verbatim. That you know, I'm not asking you to save them from the world, because that you must. That because to do that, you would must needs to take them out of the world. That was not the plan. And the will of God. But again, the idea of Paul and of John is that of separation. Amen. Is to be separate from the system separate from the life. Amen. We've got something else that governs us. It's the will of God. It's the Word of God. It's the Spirit of God that's on the inside of us. Amen. Listen. There's not a separate place for you to buy groceries and the world to buy groceries. There's not a separate gas station that's just for the church and another one for the world. Again, that's not the idea. It's to be a separated man a separated woman a separated entity from the system of governance and the lifestyles of this world Isaiah wrote in Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 11 the Lord said through him depart ye depart ye go you out from thence Touch no unclean thing. Get you out of the midst of her. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. See, even in the prophecy of Isaiah, the idea there was to be a separated people. Not to to give in to the competition of the world. Amen. And I've already read John 15 And verse number 19, the words of Jesus. But look at Acts chapter 2 and verse number 40. Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost. And Luke said, and with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Again, he's not talking about the church being isolated from the world. What Peter is saying is, hey, you've got to do what it takes to live in a manner that would be pleasing to God because the world is competing for you it's pulling for you and you cannot get to the place that you love the world and the things that are in the world there's got to be separation there Paul said to, to the church in Ephesus. He said in, in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. You say, well, there, there Paul is, is talking about having fellowship. Have, not, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But the key to that is understanding the word fellowship. Because fellowship has to do, and it, and it talks about an intimate setting. It talks about being really close friends and close associates. And we know the Scripture has already admonished God's people that, that evil communications corrupt good manners. Amen. And so, and so Paul is talking about here the unfruitful works have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. In other words, it's not that you isolate yourself. You just don't have any fellowship with the works of, of darkness, Amen. But rather reprove them. Also, he said in Second Second Timothy uh, or Second Thessalonians rather, three and six. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourself from every brother that walks disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us. Again, these scriptures and the idea of John to the church is that of separation. Don't love the world. Amen. Neither the things that are in the world. Because if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's why I said at the outset, you can gauge your love for God by your affections. What are you drawn to? Is it the things that the world is competing With for your soul. James also has has told his readers that friendship with the world is hatred toward God. Again, he's not talking about the people that's in the world, he's talking about this system of governance and life that is contrary to God. Because James says in James chapter 4, And verse number 4. He said, you adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Amen? Listen to what he says. Don't you know? In other words, the way James is phrasing this question, it is in the manner that, that his writers or his original hearers, understood and, uh, that, and James understood that his original hearers and readers should already know something. Amen. The something here has to do with the friendship of the world and the enmity of God. Because again, he asked, don't you know or know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Amen. In other words, what? what What James is saying is that if you're a friend with the world and the things of the world, the lifestyle, the governance, the way the world thinks that's contrary to God and the way they deal with their lives that is contrary to God and the will of God. James said you need to understand something. If you're friends with that, then you're the enemy of God. That word enmity means mutual hatred. It means God hates that and you hate God. That friendship. And so he goes on and says, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Now let me tell you something. I don't don't want to be the enemy of God. I don't want to find myself on that side of god i've been reading in the new or in the Old Testament rather you know quite frequently in the last several weeks and i find I find people in in there that found themselves on the wrong side of God that found themselves at war with god's people amen and 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 were committing atrocities against God's people and God took revenge I don't want to be in a place you know that, that God said we're enemies amen there's mutual hatred here because of your love of the world and the things of the world amen then you hate me and I hate the things of the world and the participants there amen I don't want to find myself amen so so Oh, if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So in verse number 16, John begins to explain, and I'm not going to take the time to elaborate on this. He said, for all that is in the world. Again, he's not talking about the globe nor the inhabitants. He's talking about the sin, the governance, the dominion of sin in the lives of people. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Listen, listen. He said, is not of the Father. So if we find ourselves enticed or tempted or enticed with with anything that would come under these three headings the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, we can understand its source is not God. Amen? Amen. It's not God. Because because John said in all that's in the world, and he lists these, he said, is not of the Father. It doesn't originate with God. And so if you if if you find, because because please understand, the world, the world system is competing for you. So if you find yourself uh in enticed or 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 drawn to, to anything, That would be in or of the world. That would be considered the lust of the flesh. Or the lust of the eyes. Or the pride of life. Amen. You don't have to sit there and say, now, is this God or is it not God? Is this God or is this the devil? Is this God or is it me? Amen. Now, you may have to determine one of two other sources. But there's one thing you can rest assured of. It is not God. God, Because the things of the world, these categories, and anything that would come under these headings, John said, is not of the Father. It doesn't come from Him. It doesn't come through Him. because, Because the Father and the worldly elements of this world are not one and the same. But John said, it is of the world. See, if you find yourself being pulled in that direction, it's not God. It's the world that's competing for you. John said, it's not of the Father. It's coming from the world. It's coming from that system. That system that is governed and ruled by Satan. And that world is competing for you. And that world is doing its dead level best to consume you in all of its mores. And we see people capitulating. In holiness dress, in holiness thinking, in worldly activities, things that used used to be preached against to uphold a standard of holy living in some some people's lives and in some churches, unfortunately, those standards are being lowered. What's happening? The world is competing. It's competing. And it's competing today for you. But let me finish up and and, and close here with the last thing that John said uh, in, in this warning. In verse number 17, he said, And the world passeth away. Did you hear that? What John is saying is that the governance of this world, the way they think, the way they do things under the rulership, the dominion of sin, John said all of this is just a temporary thing. And that's what you need to understand when the world is competing for you. All that is in the world is temporary. It's not forever. It's a passing thing. You know, it's kind of like, uh, maybe this is really not a good analogy, but but it's kind of like fads. You know what fads are? You know what fads are. Fads are some some something that for whatever reason has become very popular and a lot of people are doing it, but it passes away. it's It's not forever. It passes away. And then something else takes its place. That's what John said. The things in the... The elements of the world are really... It's a passing thing. Passing thing. Now, I'm fond of saying that I am not John the Baptist. I did not come out of my mother's womb with the Holy Ghost. And I am a child... Of the '60s and the '70s, I've heard people say. I've heard people say. Please don't take offense. I've heard people say, in the '70s, we we had we had the best music. We had the coolest cars. And we had the most beautiful girls of any generation. Now the cars and passed on probably, and the most beautiful young girls of the generation, you know, time and chance has taken its toll. But here's what I've been told the music that we had. is everlasting. Because the music of the 70's is just as popular today as it was back then. But see, that is even not true according to Scripture. Because John was very direct and very emphatic when he says the things of the world Those things that are competing for you and I this morning, he said those things are temporary. They're passing away. It's just like fads. How many of you remember bell-bottom jeans? Thank God it was a fad. How many many of you remember the high-stack shoes? You remember those? Those? High-heeled and high-stacked shoes. I ain't talking about just on women. I'm talking... I hate to admit, I had a pair. I did. I had a pair, if you can believe that. It was a fad, and thank God, it was a fad. Because some of that that swept on the scene, and it lasted for a while, and it was popular has already passed away like John said. The world passes away. And listen, even the lust of these things pass. But notice the last thing that John said in verse number 17. But he that doeth the will of God does what? he don't pass away that one that does the will of god is is not just is not a passing fad john said he that does the will of god abides forever he remains forever those that are steadfast and they resist the competition of the world Amen. They're, they're not some some passing, you know, train in the night. They're not some passing fad. But John said, If if you'll just resist, if you'll just love not the world. And you love not the things of the world. Amen. That man or that woman is one that's going to stand. They're going to abide forever because the world is passing and even the lust of the world is passing. But the only thing that's going to remain when it's said and done is that blood bought man or woman in the body of Christ that resisted the competition. Of this world. Now I don't have time. But you can read the rest of the chapter. Because. The reason that John was. Was so adamant here. Is because. Of times of trouble. In which we live right now. He talks about there being. Even in his day. John said, even now. What's the now? Not now. Not now. The now that John is talking about in verse 18 is the time that he wrote this scripture. That he said, even right now, there are many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. Listen to me as I close this morning. If John, through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, could write to the church and admit that, that the, the presence of many antichrist at the time that he wrote this epistle, he said, we look at that the presence of many antichrists that's even now. And he said, we look at that and we can gauge or we can determine that we're in the last times. Now, listen. If John said that we were in the last times when he wrote that to the church, Where do you think we are over 2,000 years later? We obviously are in the last of the last. And the world is competing against God for you. For you. And for me. And for every member of the body of Christ there's competition going on and if you begin to love that stuff that governance that way of life then John said the love of the Father is not in you listen I don't want to be able to look at the ungodliness, the way the world rules things and governs things that is against God and the way they live their lives against God and me be attracted to that and me wake up one day and say obviously the love of the Father is not in me because I'm attracted to that. Oh, I want to live just as far from that as I possibly can in the day and the time in which we're living. I stated earlier, and I know, it's, I know it's not, but it's almost like sin has no restraints now. If you think it's bad now, just be here when the Antichrist comes to power. If you think it's bad now, and it is bad now, but it's going to get worse. But if I read and interpret my Bible correctly, I'm going to be gone when the worst of it gets here. But even now, it's true of what John said of Satan. He's come down to the to end. The, he said, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. For Satan has come down to you with great wrath. Because he knows he has but a short time. We've got just a short time. So love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Why? Because you want to abide forever. You don't want to be this passing thing. You want to abide forever. Amen. God bless you. Let's stand this morning.